This episode of Adventures in Aurelia is brought to you by Gabe and Jeff from Interparty Conflict, Chai Kai, Fred on Fire, Evoridon, Zach B, and Dungeons and Randomness on Patreon. You can join them in supporting the show at patreon.com slash adventures in Aurelia. Welcome to Adventures in Aurelia, a podcast where five friends sit around the table and record themselves playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Krista, and I play as Ariel, who's an Asmar Divine Soul Sorceress. I'm Chris, and I play as Rim, Human Paladin. I'm Chantel, and I play Kanina, a Tiefling Sorcerer. I'm Caitlin, I play Templis, a Water Genasi Ranger. And I'm Damien, I'm the DM. This episode, we'd like to give a shout out to our Discord server. Um, we've got people able to listen live while we record in our Discord now. And really over the last about two months, I'd say, our, our Discord server is really starting to grow and, and take off a little bit. We've been growing our own little community of gamers and fellow like-minded people, mostly through uh, a little bit of streaming that me, Caitlin, and Chantel have been doing every week um, picking up a lot of people from the depth community but also some some other people have chosen to join us in our discord and it's been fun to like actually start interacting with people that are either a interested in the show and b just interested in gaming with us um, you can join our discord at adventuresinarelia.com slash discord We'd like to thank BattleBards.com for allowing us to use their songs and sound effects in our production. If you would like to bring the sounds from the world of Aurelia to your home games, sign up for BattleBards Prime. Your BattleBards Prime subscription will give you access to stream all songs from their catalog, as well as a 20% discount on all purchases. Use the coupon code Aurelia, that's E-R-Y-L-I-A, when signing up to get 15% off the cost of your subscription. So, who remembers what happened last time? We went back to Borrowbeard and chatted with him. We met a druid. We, yeah, we discovered a cabin in the woods that had a druid and a pixie. Uh, we got a free <laughs> healing potion from the pixie that was uh, not exactly uh, <laughs> given to us voluntarily by said druid. <laughs> I don't really consider it a free healing potion since we're not going to use it. <laughs> well, it depends. <laughs> We've determined to give it back, but it will really, uh, we'll see what happens, I suppose. But yes, after we had met the druid, got the potion from the pixie, we camped out from the night, did our usual watches, nothing much happened, and I believe we made our way back to Starin. And once you guys reached the village of Starin, uh, what happened? When Rem was off talking, Nina and the rest of us, yeah. well, Nina attempted to try to get a stable for the horses, but yeah. And then Rim went and talked to Ulian, the captain of the guard, about what they discovered. Uh, Ulian gave him a sack full of money, which has yet to be counted, and asked him if he wanted to help the guard take out this camp. Rim said he would not make any choices without speaking to the rest of the party and headed over to the inn to talk to them. We left off where we were heading in to get a bite to eat and chat about the stuff that Rem discussed. 
Okay, so we pick up this episode with the party of adventurers walking into Lyft's Rest, following Lydia Stonewell, the mayor of the village of Starin. It is early afternoon on the 29th of Bellinus. You guys walk into Lyft's Rest and... It's, I mean, this isn't a very bustling village to begin with, but there is no one inside the, I guess, inn other than the innkeeper, who I don't remember if you guys ever introduced yourselves well, we with did. him. A Milo? A Milo? Something uh, like Amilo. that. Amilo. Amilo Taskmaster. Amilo! Is standing behind the counter polishing a mug in the most stereotypical bartender fashion possible. Entering the uh, tavern again, Kanina uh, will go, ha- go ahead and cheerfully greet him and <laughs> just be like, hello, Amalo. We have, uh, we've come back. Ah, so I see. Uh, what brings you back? I thought you guys were gone for good, pretty much. Uh, we decided to uh, do a little scouting in the area, so we're, uh, we've come back to discuss some things. Ah, you see, that's probably why you're with Miss Lydia right now. Yeah, we have some some things to discuss. All right, well, uh, you know, I'll be listening, but I'll act like I'm not. <laughs> Can we go ahead and uh, get some food and drinks started, please? Oh, sure. I'll just I'll get a plate of meats and cheeses and some breads together. Uh, would anyone like some ale, some mead? Is there any anything I could get you, like specifically? Honey juice, please. Yeah, okay. Uh, mead. I know she, she that. I, yeah, I remember this from like three days ago, but I remember I got to cut her off before she gets too far. So uh, I'll be getting you guys. Uh, anyone else want a drink? I'll have an ale. Yep, ale. I will as well. All right. Uh, uh, one one mead, a couple, uh, three ales, three ales. Lydia, uh, Lydia, what, what can I get for you? Oh, uh, I, I could use an ale myself too. Uh, I don't know how long we'll be here for, but... Yeah, I'll take I'll take something to sip on while we chat, and uh, make sure you, you get a pitcher of water just in case anyone needs it too. <laughs> ah, of course, Miss Lydia, I'll, I'll get all that ready for all of you. Uh, I know you're good for it. You can pay me before you leave. And he starts getting to work behind the bar. Thank you. Yeah, can you know make sure we uh, get a table and you know if there's uh, not enough chairs or whatnot, or she'll drag some over get us all settled in yeah you guys probably probably go back to this because there's no one here you probably go back to the same larger round table that you guys were at before it has six chairs around it so it fits the group pretty well perfect and uh lydia takes a seat over at one just she pulls out one of the chairs probably one closest to the door and uh kind of sits down folds her arms in front of her looks kind of around the party as you all as you all sit so, uh, what's it, what's it that's uh, brought y'all back? Oh, uh, well, I believe we were uh, doing a bit of scouting for the captain of the Blackguard, and uh, I think Rem just went ahead and met with him as we were kind of getting settled back in town, so. Yeah, we've uh, decided to go ahead and come back to report our findings and possibly see what else we can do about the matter. Uh, we were going to head back to Riven eventually and head through Port Norsal on the way, see if we can get our our boat back, but we have some things we want to take care of before we head back. Ah, uh, so you, hey, I mean, you guys found Grimfang then, yes? Um, uh, we found an encampment of gnolls, and we had uh, quite a few encounters with them. <laughs> they, uh, 
Ah, uh, we took care of a few, that's for sure. Ah, uh, so you, you didn't uh, take care of him yourself, but you, you were able to give give Ulian, uh, give Ulian some information. Yeah, as far as uh, I know from what uh, Rem was going to go do, we decided to uh, reveal our findings. We found an encampment, uh, came across several uh, wagons and such in the area from probably from things that have been stolen along the road. But uh, we won't know more until we can get a bigger party together. And we didn't feel like we were well equipped enough to go by ourselves. So, And we did agree just to go scouting initially. Killed a handful of the fuckers too. Yeah, no, they, they definitely <laughs> jumped up on us. Well, I'm I'm glad that uh, that you're all safe. If you did encounter them unexpectedly, and I'm glad to hear that you guys were able to find some information and uh, and help Ulian kind of figure out what's going on. And at this point, she looks over to Ram. So you uh, you went and talked to Ulian. Yeah. And uh, what what did he have to say? What do you have to say? I let him know that we uh, we'd scouted her out in the forest. Uh, we'd seen what was possibly a encampment. Uh, looked to be relatively large, cleared out section of forest, and we were headed back this way to uh, inform the Blackguard of what we found. And we did leave uh, a bunch of markers and such. Tempest was uh, super smart in us leaving a path to get back there that we could easily uh, scout out again. So, uh, is Ulian gonna take the Blackguard in and go do something about it? Are you guys, uh, are you guys going in with him? Uh, he seemed like he was setting up something. Oh, yeah? So he said that we're gonna go ahead and... Well, he said a- he, he was planning on going in and clearing it out. Mm, yeah, so I guess if they're going to go, uh, take care of it somewhat, then that sounds like a plan. It sounds like we've given them some good information. Yeah, he was unaware of the encampment that we saw. At, at this point, Amalo comes over with your guys' round of drinks, and uh, Lydia takes a takes a pretty hearty gulp out of it, and uh, kind of stands up from the table and goes, "Well, uh, it sounds like I got to go talk to Ulian and uh, see what he's gonna do about it, since you kind of you you kind of passed it off to him, and he's he's informed and he's got the manpower." possibly to do something about it i uh i do appreciate everything that all of you guys have done yeah i know you have risked a lot to get out there you you said that you were attacked even while you were out in the woods and uh i'm glad that i'm glad that you guys were able to hold your own and come back safely kanina kind of puffs up a little bit on this with pride and she's just like oh yeah we we took care of them no problem (laughs) we can definitely inform uh travelers that the uh the problem is is being handled that they should have safer travel soon. Uh, that's a that's a good thing to hear. Uh, I'll hopefully uh, Ulian will do a do a little pass on his own and and clear the road for good. And uh, she kind of gives a just kind of a, a brief stout bow to the whole group. Uh, takes another gulp of her ale, sets it down, and walks away. Rem will kind of watch her leave. You, you guys, uh, you guys hear she gets to the door. Hey, I know you're the mayor, but you're going to pay for that, right? <laughs> she kind of stops, turns. You guys see her uh, walk over to Amalo at the bar, drop a few silver on the on the countertop and walk out of the door. So as she walks out, Rim is just going to follow her through his eyes until she leaves. Kenina will go ahead and call out, you know, mm-hmm. have a good afternoon. Ariel's drinking her honey juice. <laughs> uh, 
once she's out, uh, Rim will kind of look at everybody at the table and pull out the, the bag of money that was uh, given to him, and he'll open it, and he'll just pour it out on the table. Jesus. So everybody can see it, because he wants to be fair. Whoa. What's that? This was the payment for the scouting trip. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. So he's going to start kind of piling it up and counting it. He can divvy it up. But he's doing it in front of everybody, so he didn't, nobody thinks that he's cheaping On to the table, Rem pours out 12 platinum and 30 gold pieces. To make the math simple for you guys, Rem was given a purse of 150 gold. How much is the, the drinks and food? We'll say that all together with the food and everything, if, if you'd like, okay, if you'd like to make things easy, it's a, it's a gold a person. A gold a person? Uh, Rim is going to take four gold out of the pile and set that aside to pay for the food and drinks. He's then going to pass out three platinum and seven gold to all of you, and he'll take six, three platinum and six gold for himself. Five gold himself. He's going to say this was the payment given to us. Yeah, wow, that's that's a lot of gold and platinum. And Tempest would be looking around. (laughs) Just like, geez, you really want to do that in front of... I guess one there's person. no one in here, but <laughs> but what if I'm what's going to steal? <laughs> oh, I see what you're doing. That's fine. You're adventurer types. You do what you do. <laughs> you Thanks, keep me buddy. in business. Well, that's the thing. Like I said, there's a one small pile of four gold that slid to his end of the table. So he's included. I don't think I've ever seen this much money in one place. Like, I, I don't know if I've really handled that much platinum before. I don't think I've really had some myself. I had more money than this on me. I didn't. <laughs> That's because Rem hasn't spent like a dime. Yeah. You, you've you been saving. <laughs> I'll say this is uh, this is for a, a job we agreed to do and we finished it. I was offered more if we would like to join the Black Guard and possibly clearing out the camp. I did not want to invest any of you or volunteer any of you. So I told him that I would come here and speak with all of you. If you wish to do this, I am more than happy to return and tell him we will. You believe that this is not something you wish to do, I would speak up now. I'm not forcing anybody to do anything they don't want to do. Well, especially with uh, how well we handled the gnolls in the forest, I think having some backup would be a good idea. I would, I'd feel pretty confident well, if we wanted to. Yes, of course, but make no mistake that what we found in the in the woods was a scouting party may not be their best. Yes, I'm aware, but um, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? I think it sounds like a great idea. Ariel? So Ariel is just chugging her honey juice and not really paying attention to the conversation. Didn't really notice the money. Like, she heard it, but it wasn't something on her mind. Kanina will go ahead and like, uh, having said your name, look at you and kind of like put her hand over the mug and kind of bring it down using her iron grip of restraint. (laughs) Iron grip of intervention. And then she'll like look at you and be like, oh, what? No, Ariel, we're we're discussing if we want to uh, stay and help the Blackguard fight off Grimfang and kind of help the situation here or if we want to head back to Riven at this point. And we'll be going through, you know, Norsal and the roads and whatnot, so. Uh, I am up for wherever you guys are going. Are you sure? Because I know you were kind of uh, wanting to go back to Riven for a bit there, so. I think 
We have a few more days, though. They did say to give them... Yeah, they did have uh, quite a bit of research to do, but we've also been away for a bit. But I do think that this is a good opportunity for us to uh, really make a difference here because, you know, we are part of the Adventurers Guild. And I think now that we have uh, some backup, it's not just us. I think we, it'll, it'll go a little better if we maybe handle the situation. And think, think how proud the Adventurers Guild will be when we uh, tell them that we've defeated this foe that's been plaguing this region. I guess that's true. Yeah, I'm I'm good with whatever you guys want to do. I think that we still have time before they needed us. Yeah, as long as we we just saw, I just want to make sure because like this is going to be dangerous, and we've been through dangerous things before. But we just want to make sure that uh, you're you're fine with this as well because <laughs> I know you're really into your honey juice there. <laughs> He's like, uh, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. I think she is just pretty happy right now so she's gonna just be like yeah let's do it <laughs> so having hearing everybody kind of agreeing rem's gonna be like well if you all agree that we're going to be helping i will return to Julian and let him know that you all wish to to help him in this endeavor i mean i mean we've all kind of said our part but what about you rem i know you kind of brought this up uh with the group to see what we said but i don't know do you think it's worth the risk that we'd be taking I believe that uh, helping the countryside rid themselves of bandits is always a good endeavor. But I would never voluntell you to do anything. Yes. Well, thank you for sharing with us, this with us. It's good to go over these things as a group because we all certainly have our own ideals and ideas of what we want to risk for this kind of thing. So. Yeah. I do know that this wasn't our original mission, so... Yeah, we did kind of uh, discover some problems on the way out here, but it's a good thing. We are part of the Adventurers Guild, so we want to make sure that we're helping where we can. Rim will push away from the table. I'll be back. I'll wander out to go tell Ulian. Well, uh, where are you going, Rem? To go tell Ulian. Well, do you think we should all go with you? I'm just telling him we're going to join him. I'm sure he has planning and stuff that he needs to do on his end, and then he'll let us know when we're closer to being ready. Yes, I, I was just going to say that um, if you're going to go tell him, did, did we want to sleep here for the night? Because if they're going to, I'm guessing they wouldn't head out until I don't a little know. bit. So. I'll have to speak with Uli and see what he believes. He may want to head out immediately. He may tell us we have a few days. All right. Well, I'll be back shortly, just just across the street. Going to wander out. <laughs> did you want to go with him, Nina? Yeah, it's fine. I'll just wait here with you guys then. Okay. We'll head over. Knock, knock, knock. So Rem makes his way over to the Blackyard's building, knocks on the door, and uh, Ulian looks out, sees him, and then opens the door. I, uh, I didn't expect you back so soon. I spoke with the others. They're in agreement. We'll help you. You'll help us? Yeah. Okay. Um, when can you be ready? When do you need us to be ready? Can you be ready by morning? We can do that. Okay. I'll have five of my men go with you. You're not joining us? I'm the captain here. I understand that. Are you not leading your men into this? No. You are. Okay. Tomorrow morning. Uh, you seem, uh, kind of concerned at my not wishing to join you. But someone's got to be here to train these men. I've, I've served my time on the field at this point. The armor, I mean, it's functional, but it's mostly just here in case I need to defend the village itself. Mm. They're good men, I promise. All right. Well, uh, we'll be ready in the morning. Do you want us dawn? Shortly after dawn? As soon as you can. 
a little before dawn would be best so you guys can set out and uh, make the most of your day's travel. Uh, based on based on the he kind of imagine the conversation sort of drifted over to the map just as he's talking to you about this and he's looking down at the at the map with the uh, overlaid sheet from where you had helped triangulate everything and he goes uh, by my count you guys should be able to get there about a day if you if you set out hard um, especially if you leave the cart behind for the day I'll make sure that all you have horses of your own uh, maybe hey, there's there's a handful of you so maybe maybe two horses you guys can double up they'll be able to take you I think you can do it in a day all right we'll be up before dawn and he kind of holds a holds a hand out to you shake it and he goes for that big old hearty arm forearm clasp and it's like I appreciate what you and yours are doing for us uh, finding the information and now going to take care of the problem yeah I'll be ready and uh, as as uh, Rem is gone, we pan back over to Lyft's, Lyft's rest. And uh, Amalo kind of looks over to the group, looks at the, the door that he, he heard it close behind Rem. Where'd he go? Oh, he'll be he'll be right back. He, ah, just... he, he didn't drop you with the bill, did he? No, he'll be right back. Okay, it's a... It's kind of interesting. Sometimes it seems like you guys are inseparable. Sometimes one of you just kind of goes off on their own for a little bit. But I, I don't know. I'm just the bartender. I have no idea what's going on here. Would you guys fancy another round of drinks? I think I'm good for now. And uh, I, I think Ariel's probably good, too. Oh, yeah. Ah! She's, on, she's on water now. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm good, too. And it's still pretty early afternoon. If we really want to do some drinking, we'll go do it later in the evening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, people of all sorts of lifestyles come in here. I don't really pay attention to what what time of day it is. So I'm guessing at this point, because it's not very far, very long, Rim will wander back in. So how'd it go? We're expected before dawn. Oh. Tomorrow? Tomorrow. All right, Eden. I will uh, let you guys decide how you want to spend this afternoon and evening. But remember, I will be waking you all early. Oh, you won't have to wake me up. <laughs> I'll be sure. Probably to... not. But <laughs> for those that like to sleep, he's going to side glance at Tempest. Side glance at the drunk Ariel. I will be waking you up early. Um. Yeah, so I guess I have uh, someone I want to go see for this afternoon, and then I'll probably turn in early uh, once it hits evening and we've had dinner and whatnot, so that we can get up bright and early, because I want to make sure to get my morning exercise in, warm up for the day. But, uh, yeah, I suppose, do we want to stay here for the night then, I'm guessing? Most likely. Yeah, all right. So she'll go ahead and call out to Amalo and just be like, uh, yeah, it looks like we're going to be staying here for the for the evening as well. Uh, so can we get the same kind of room set up we had last time, please? You'd like uh, two rooms again? Yeah, I think that worked out pretty well. Yeah, I can, uh, you know, I've I've only got like one room taken right now, so I can go ahead and, uh, and hook you guys up with two rooms uh, right next to each other. Yeah, that sounds good. All righty. Uh... That's gonna be an extra couple, uh, extra couple of gold for the night. Yep, we'll do. And uh, I suppose Kenny will go ahead and fork over uh, the gold for the rooms then. So, um, paying for everything for now, pre-booking the rooms. Whoever had gone up to deliver the gold to Amalo gets handed two room keys, and uh, he's just told, uh, "You guys are room one and two. Uh, 
They're down the hallway. Take a left, and then they're the back two on the right. Okay, sounds good. Can you know, probably having brought up the issue, we'll have taken the room keys and go back to our table for now. So the party basically has a, an afternoon and evening to take care of anything. Is there anything anyone would like to do before we move on? Go ahead and raise hands instead of talking over each other. Chris, what would you like to do? Just give me the brief overview. Rim's going to basically take the the drawing that he made of the camp and the location and kind of draw himself a bigger map with possible ideas of how to assault it. Okay. Pre-planning. Kanina, what would you like to do? Kanina would like to go visit Ulal Hammerfall to retrieve the sword that he had initially wanted us to kill Grimfang with. And Tempest, what would you like to do? Go with Nina. <laughs> that was going to be my <laughs> And then also possibly because you brought it up, sell the venison jerky. All right. Um, Amalo. I mean, Rem's is really simple. So we'll just start with Rem, basically getting, uh, probably going through his pack, pulling out some. Just a bigger piece of paper. Yeah, some parchment and uh, starts. Like, it's kind of a rough sketch because, you know, he, he saw it from an angle, but he's kind of guessing what it would look like from above, drawing out where he thinks patrols might go, where he thinks guards might be, you know, things like that, and kind of drawing, like, where he would like to, or how different possible setups for an assault of the camp. Okay. And then while Rem kind of sets out to do this, probably taking the same table you guys are at, because it's, it's a fairly large table, you can... Using a gold piece in each corner of the, of the piece of paper to hold it down. Rem kind of starts getting his, his stuff laid out and we'll just go with Kanina. So uh, here's the room keys, guys. And looks like uh, you're getting set up to consult your map room. So I think I'm going to go ahead and go talk to uh, the smith in the area. He had that very nice sword that we saw last time that I'm very interested in now that we've decided that we're going to uh, take care of the whole Grimfang problem. All right. Like anyone want to come with? I'll go with. Well, since you took away my honey juice, I guess I'll go with you too. So Kanina will go ahead and, you know, chug back the last of her ale, use it to help uh, pin down a corner of the map and <laughs> start leaving go see Ulal Hammerfall. Alright, you uh, since, we'll just go ahead and say it's it's around three as everything's been taken care of. Since it's only mid-afternoon you guys can hear the, the sounds of the people around the, the town or the village. Uh, there's not a lot of people in the village. It's a pretty small village tucked away at the bottom of a mountain. And most of the larger population either lives up inside Sterengeld or in the surrounding farm and country lands. But there are a few craftsmen there. And you can hear Ulal over at his smithy. It's actually really close to Lisrest. And he's pounding away at what looks like a horseshoe. So Nina, having uh, spotted him, will kind of trot over a little bit faster than she was, seeing that, that he's right there and still close. She'll go ahead and call out, Ulal, hello. Ah, uh, hi. Uh, you guys came back. Yeah. I figured you'd be long gone by now. Oh, we were on our way out, but decided to do some uh, scouting for uh, Ulian. Yeah, I remember you leaving and saying that you were going to do some scouting. Mm-hmm. We've talked things over with him, and we decided as a party that we're going to go out and hunt down the gnolls that are causing problems in the area, specifically Grimfang, as uh, 
you've kind of told us about, so. Ah, uh, when I, uh, when I brought it up, I think that was just yesterday. Mm-hmm. It seemed like you guys weren't interested in, in getting involved in any sort of actual conflict with him. Just scouting. What's changed? Uh, we decided that, uh, after having encountered some of the gnolls in the forest and talking these over with the group, we did enough scouting to kind of get an idea of the area and what, we're, what we'll be facing, so... I think, uh, especially with Captain Ulian's help, we'll uh, have a good chance about taking care of the problem. Ulian's help? Yes. Wait, what uh, what convinced him to actually do something about this? Uh, probably, I don't know. It's probably because we found some solid evidence about the uh, encampment out in the uh, forest. Like, we actually left a trail and whatnot, so it's easy enough for us to get back to. As long as we go there shortly, then... They shouldn't move anytime soon because they have a fairly big encampment. Well, I'll be happy to to hear that this is uh, finally going to be taken care of. You know, uh, the the gnolls attacking people along the, the short road have made it a little harder for me to sell any wares out in Port Norsal. Mm-hmm. It's not great for business only being uh, stuck so local. And that's such a shame, especially with your great craftsmanship. He blushes a little bit at that. (laughs) My great craftsmanship, you say? Indeed, and speaking of which, uh, I do remember that sword that you had uh, mentioned to us that you'd be quite proud if Grimfane was taken care of with it, and that we. Aye, that was uh, that was me. That's my sword. That sword still here? Nobody's taken it in the couple days we've been gone. No, I haven't. uh, Haven't heard of anyone going to actually attack Grimfang until just now. Mm-hmm. Well, since we've uh, decided uh, as part of the Adventurers Guild, and since we'll be having support and we know what we're getting into, I think it'll be uh, a good idea for us to possibly take that sword along. And I can guarantee you I'll try my best to use that sword to uh, slay Grimfang. Now, now, just for, like, you know, the sake of, of continuity and everything... What the hell are Ariel and Tempest doing while this I've is going on? I've been thinking about this. And I'm like, yeah, it's just Nina sitting there talking, and we're just sitting. Does does he have like stuff set up like for sale or that people can touch? Yeah, um, the way I picture his his forge being set up is basically as a smaller craftsman like this in such a small village. He lives next to his his work, so out in the front area, you've got his his forge, his anvil. And I imagine that what would basically serve as like his the front wall next to his door has a bunch of pegs in it that he has uh, a couple tools hung up on. He's got some horseshoes, uh, various implements that would be necessary, like a bin with uh, nails and stuff. So there's kind of a display area over by the, the front. It kind of serves as a shop front to him. And he's off on the opposite side of his little encroppment um, working and talking to Kanina at this point. Then Ariel's probably just browsing and looking at stuff. What's Tempest doing? Standing behind Nina. Okay, so Tempest is being the, the stoic stand behind. <laughs> Moral support. As Kanina and Ulal are talking, Ariel notices the tools and other things up along the wall and and walks over to it. Is there anything in particular she's looking for? Or is she just there to browse and touch things? She's there 
I don't think I can really use anything. Probably not. It's not so, stopping me. I'm just <laughs> since you brought it up, I'm just making sure there's not yeah, somewhere that no, you're going I'm, with it. Nope. She's just looking and touching and passing time while they talk. Kanina tells Ulal that that they're going to kill Grimfang and it would be nice if they could use the sword and he kinda stops the work that he's been doing and looks up at her and Ah, so the uh the sword is uh something you're interested in now. Yes, I'm not uh, particularly proficient with swords myself, but I can. Uh, I, can I think I can get a few hits in if we uh, should encounter him. Does it make any difference if uh, I can't give it to you for free anymore? Uh, why would it not be free anymore? Uh, well, you turned me down the first time. Well, we did turn you down the first time, but that's only because we uh, we weren't sure if we were going to encounter anything yet. We did our scouting, and we know what we're getting into, so. And I'm just saying, what if it was only free for... Uh, doing it out of your kindness and loyalty but now that uh things have changed what if things have changed here too hmm but i mean we are going to be uh essentially ensuring the future survival of your uh business here you'll be uh traveling roads a lot safer and we'll be doing a great service to the entire community why doesn't Kena go ahead and roll a persuasion check? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Seventeen. Aye, you would. But as I said, I've put a lot of time and work into this. Hmm. And I certainly appreciate that. We noticed last time how uh, how fine of a sword it was, and I'd definitely be honored to be able to use it in combat. And otherwise, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if it would uh, see much more use as great as slaying a creature as big as Grimfang and whatnot, so. Can Ariel hear the conversation from where she's standing? Yes, but at this point, Ulal turns and uh, walks into his little house area, and he kind of takes a half step as he notices Ariel like, with her hand up on the wall, probably holding a pickaxe or something. He's like, you know you gotta pay for that, right? He just walks in. Hey, you know, Nina, we maybe he would be willing to part with it just for our adventure, and then upon killing Grimfang, we can give it back to him, and then he would have a story behind it that it killed Grimfang, and he could sell it for more, or reward you with it, you know, at that point, if we decide to come back this way before going back to Port Norsal. Yeah, I was going to ask him if uh, that was something he wanted, if he would prefer it back or not, but uh, we'll see. And so has he just left the conversation at this point then? or He's walked inside. You hear him uh, shuffling around a little bit inside. Yeah. Does it look like he's going for the sword <laughs> or is he just shuffling? Are you peering inside his house? Yes. Or in, in his house? Yeah. Like a, he lives connected to his workshop. Okay. Huh. Uh, do I see the sword in the workshop? It's not in the uh, public display. Okay, so um, she'll wait a couple minutes to, or whatever, however long it takes for him to come back, and she'll, you know, talk to Ariel. Meanwhile, it's like... He comes out, and I believe I'd, I'd say before, you know, he's got a little bit of a limp, and uh, he, he comes kind of with that, that little lean step, carrying the sword that uh, you guys had seen just a couple days prior. And he kind of, he, he's looking down at it in admiration. Kind of 
not quite presenting, but holds it like out in front, uh, displaying it to you. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty clear from his body language that it's not just for you to take at this moment. I guess Kenny is going to go ahead and try to keep somewhat convincing him that uh, the previous deal is a good deal. He's looking down and goes, "It is a fine sword, you know." A lot of time and uh, a lot of time, blood and sweat went into this thing. Mm, that's true, but uh, what use of a sword is unless it sees some action? And uh, he grabs the the scabbard in one hand, grabs the hilt in the other, and draws it. I think this is the first time you would have seen the blade, and it catches the sun in a way that just makes it gleam. It is a very fine sword, and especially seeing it out in the light like this, it's quite impressive. But. Uh, it would certainly be more impressive if it had some heroic stories tied to it, don't you think? Aye, it would. And it would uh, help put put the name of uh, Ulo on the map. And I assure you, if I am able to use it in combat, I'd definitely spread the notoriety of your craftsmanship around. He sheathes it, and it makes a very satisfying sh- as it as it locks into place. Will you give me 75 gold for it? See. I mean, that is uh, quite a bit less than you had uh, offered if we were to buy it earlier, but... The gold wouldn't even cover my materials, let alone the time that I've spent working on it. Um, uh, yeah, she'll go ahead and think it over for a second. Because there's a, a bit of a pause here. What's Tempest thinking, even if she's not saying anything? I mean, it's still like 75 is a lot of gold. But this is a really nice sword. But originally he offered it free, but we stood him up, he's not. So, she'd probably, like, tug Nina away so that we could, like, the three of us talk about it, because like, the three of us splitting the 75 gold would make it a lot more reasonable. And maybe we can sell it again later. (laughs) (laughs) So I would, like, sort of tug Nina away and turn to uh, Ulal and just just give us one second please. Shuffle over to Ariel where Ariel's standing. He pulls the shoe that he was working on back out of the forge. He kind of has the the sword. He's slung it up over his shoulder and he gets back to to work on his craft. Yeah, so Nina will, you know, kind of uh, follow along without too much resistance because she's kind of in thought because she's just like, on one hand, we just got a huge pile of gold. On another hand, you know, she was really hoping that uh, the same deal would apply because not much has changed. Just the fact that we didn't want to promise to take it if we weren't going to actually kill Grumpy. We offended him. So I guess getting Ariel's attention too. <laughs> oh, she's been listening ever since she had told uh, Nina. I mean, yeah, told Nina about maybe asking to just use it and bring it back. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't said anything quite yet, she'll just be like, uh, so... What do you guys think? Uh, I do think this sword is worth taking. Um, I think it's a really good craftsmanship and whatnot. And I think it would be nice to spread uh, word of his craftsmanship around. But I was hoping to uh, get it on good faith that we'd use it. And, you know. Uh, I, I do have a question. Being sorcerers, we don't really use swords very much. So is this something that you're actually wanting to buy? buy to keep or is this something that you just want to do this for him and so that way for his name uh, well it's kind of both 
uh, it's a very nice sword and I really haven't seen anything that's of this high quality in most of our journeys so I think it's really good and then you know it's nice to promote you know master craftsmanship like this but it's also just a really nice sword and I may not uh, be super proficient in it right now but maybe I'll pick up some skills okay well um because I was thinking since he's not really wanting to part with it for free um you've been you know teaching me a lot and um have really devoted a lot of time to me and so I could help you get it if it's something that you're actually wanting to keep so Tempest will like kind of gesture at her side and be like you know I use swords I I could always help out with paying for it if I got to use it sometimes yeah I think that's definitely uh, a good idea you've definitely shown you're more proficient with swords with me especially with your cool moonlight looking blade yeah this new fancy one would look really cool next to my fancy moonlight one mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, maybe I could even like trade in my other two because I've still got the one that's just plain and the other one that is also just plain that I swapped out for my moonlit moon Oh, touch. yeah. And then you'd be like, you'd be super fancy with your like double dual wielding and super maybe swords. Maybe would knock off like two gold or something. <laughs> yeah, I was actually thinking that. I'm like, what if you sell a couple of your swords to him? Um... Yeah, I I guess I would hate to burden you guys, but if, especially if Tempest is interested in the sword as well, then I'd be certainly willing to split the cost and we could go from there. I don't want to burden you guys, though, so as long as you're sure. No, let's, let's see what we can do. Okay. Maybe you can try to <laughs> bargain with him a little bit more and convince him, but I think uh, sounds like a plan. We'll go ahead and split from our huddle and going back to him. So who's leading the approach now? Um, so she'll go back up to him and have like as she's walking over start pulling out the two regular short swords and present them and be like would you be willing to knock off a little bit more if we traded these in uh, the way I see things I'm already knocking quite a bit off for you just, just a little bit uh, I mean Pretty please. They're in good shape. That's not not something that I can put my name behind though, so they're not gonna be worth a whole lot to me. I'm not some sort of pawn shop. You don't have a bargain bin over there that you could resell them for. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know, since uh, you're the one asking me now, I guess she's not able to swing the money, huh? Well no no, I can I can swing the money somewhat. It's just it, it is still quite a steep price. There's a reason I turned you down before for the 250 for outright buying it. It's just... I've knocked quite a bit off of 250 though. Yes, that's true, and I do appreciate it. I was just hoping that uh, the previous deal would still stand now that uh, we can guarantee that we are going to kill Grimfang. And as she mentioned earlier, she's not exactly trained with a sword, but I, on the other hand, am... So would you like to buy it? 75 gold. We're considering buying it as a party, but I'm asking if you would knock off a little bit more if I traded these in. Uh, sorry to say, but I'm not really interested. <sighs> All right, so, um, I guess if- can Can we, like, take a look at the sword again and maybe let Tempest um, touch it, feel it, hold it, see how it weighs in her hand, grab the- see how the balance- how it balances- <laughs> 
I can tell you're naive and haven't been fleeced before. What's fleeced? Oh, you know, had someone say, hey, can I hold that real quick and then fucking book it off? Oh, I wouldn't do that and neither would she. We're honorable guild members. I've got a guild badge, right? I I flash him my guild badge. We're official (laughs) guild members. We wouldn't do that to you. But I think it's only fair that, you know, she can actually hold it. He kind of takes the the horseshoe that he was working on, quenches it, lays it down on a, on a bed of cool coals to to finish tempering, and uh, starts making his way back towards the inside of his house. Is the sword still in the shop? No, he had it slung over his shoulder. Oh, okay. Um. Well, I I guess if you're really set on that price and you're not willing to bargain with us, then I guess we'll go ahead and take it as is, as long as uh, we do have some people in our party who can wield it. And he, uh, he stops as, uh, as you mentioned him holding firm on his price and he turns around, walks over to you and, uh, pulls it off his shoulder, holds it out at Kanina, says, just kill the bastard and remember who made it. And he turns around and walks into his shop, closes the door behind him. Kanina takes the sword. Ariel doesn't feel good about leaving because he wanted money for it. Just leave some gold on the counter. I don't know. The way he said that sounded very uh, very final, though, too. So I don't, I don't know. We leave the other two swords and and hide some gold. <laughs> don't want to just leave it on the counter. <laughs> Somebody else is going to walk up and see it. Yeah. Before we would leave, Ariel would be like, we still need to pay him for this. He... I feel like he he wanted money. If we just take it, he's steal, we're stealing it. And if he's just going to give it to us, I feel like we should do a kind gesture back. Kenina. Yes. Go ahead and roll insight. That is a 10. Good, sir. As Kenina feels and understands, Ulal had handed her the sword gave her a demand and did not stick around to get any money in return. All right. So yeah, Kenino, go ahead and just be like, I don't know. I think, uh, I think our convincing got through to him. He gave me the sword and I feel like he would have sticking, sticking around to, uh, get the money if he wanted the money. And I don't know. Um, we can leave behind a note. If he really wants money, he, he can have a place to reach us. So Kenino will go ahead and, you know, take out a piece of paper and a pen real quick and scribble down where to reach us at the guild her name their big heavy signature and she'll be like i'll spread word of your your craftsmanship if you need to reach us here's the guild (laughs) but yeah she'll she'll write the note uh leave it in a place you'll easily find it and then she'll make her way back to the tavern i mean if he's really wanting money we're gonna be there the whole night he has until the morning to get us to okay so we're gonna go ahead and say it's like five now and as the party returns to lift's rest um, Rem wouldn't need the entire time that the rest of the party has been gone to finish his map. Is there anything that, uh, anything extra that he does besides chew on some jerky? Nah, if he had finished strong, the next thing he probably would have done was grab his stuff, go to the room, and stretch out. So he starts getting things ready for nighttime. He intends to be up very early, but wants to be fully rested. So it sounds like... The party doesn't really have anything that they wish to go through before wrapping up for the the night in-game. 
Nope, nope, I suppose uh, Kanina will probably keep the sword with her for now, unless Tempest wants to carry it on her. But uh, she'll probably go ahead to set up uh, a room with Rem like she did before and let the other two girls sleep with uh, sleep in the same room as last time. Yeah, and Tempest is just going to try and call it an early night because she does not like getting up early. Well, and we can, you know, go ahead and, and uh, hand wave through the the dinner and everything else if there's nothing that anyone wishes to accomplish with the rest of the night. Nope. However, before we move on to the next day, Kanina. What? You get a token of inspiration from the DM. All Ulal wanted was to know that his sword was worth buying. He never intended to get any money from you guys. All right. Um, the, the military man that he is, already being familiar with this kind of thing, an early outset, even pre-dawn, and Rem would be conditioned to this type of sleep pattern, already knowing how to prepare himself the night before to be able to get up before dawn. Rem wakes up first. All right, so it is, we'll go with uh, 5 a.m. on the 30th of Bellinus, and Rem wakes up from his slumber. I imagine since Kanina's in the same room with, with him that she'd probably be hearing him wake up as well. Rim would basically wake up, look over at Nina, and be like, you awake yet? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, Rim, after, you know, waking up and speaking briefly with Nina, he will uh, just basically go to the next door and give it three sharp raps. Ariel and Tempest. Okay, fine. Roll perception with disadvantage. Ariel. 21. Tempest. Love it. Ariel, you hear a lard rapping at the door. She'll get up and go answer the door. <laughs> Rem, the door in front of you opens, and it's very dark, but you see the silhouette of what appears to be a naked Ariel standing in front of you. Yep. Two glowing eyes. Just look at her and be like, get dressed, get Tempest up, we're meeting outside. Rem walks back to his room, I imagine, to finish getting ready. Ariel, I imagine, wakes up Tempest. If there's any um, objections, let me know. I'm not hearing any objections. Everyone gets ready for the day. Yeah, Kanina will do her usual stretches and exercises and probably pull Ariel when she knows she's, you know, out and ready. Um, you guys, I imagine, can all kind of get your packs and everything together and... Uh, you guys, uh, go ahead and everyone roll perception. Ariel. Kanina. 16. Rem. 13. Tempest. 14. Kanina, you notice the uh, the soft sound outside of what sounds like uh, horseshoes hitting the ground. And up. And you guys make your way outside, I imagine, at that sound. Yes. And out there... Um, I imagine the Black Guard would use a couple lanterns, uh, hooded lanterns, while it is dark out. And so they're standing out in what is essentially the town, the the village center, uh, lanterns dimmed on horseback. And there are five members of the Black Guard. They're mounted up on three horses. Um, They are all dwarves. This is the Dwarven Black Guard. 
They are essentially the elite military force of Sterengeld. And there are two extra horses. I don't know if Rem would have taken the time to explain to the party what is happening. Nope. But you guys are going to be sharing horses. Good, because I don't know how to ride a horse. Me either. Okay, so yeah, Kenina will kind of go up to them and just be like, Good morning. Good morning to you. Yeah. We're the uh, adventurers who are going to be riding out with you, I suppose. I'm aware. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which one of you can all ride a horse? Um, I know I can, and Rem should be able to as well, I think. So we, we're pretty familiar with horses and whatnot. All right. Well, if the two of you can ride your own horses, she looks at uh, Ariel and Tempest. You two, doesn't matter if you can't ride on your own, hop on the back of theirs. Okay. We leave once you're ready. Sounds good. Who wants to ride with me? I will. And Tempest will hop onto the back of the horse. Sounds good. And Ariel will head over to the horse that I assume Rem is at. Rem will help her up onto the back of the horse. Then he'll nod to the dwarf that was speaking. Are y'all ready? Yes. Yep, sounds good. Okay. One thing that stands out to all of you, these dwarves are almost non-existent in the darkness. The uh, Even though... Um, two of them that are kind of take like one in the lead, one at the rear, are holding lanterns. You see that as a dwarf leaves the direct line of the lantern light, they almost fade into complete pitch black. And even with the lantern light shining onto them, instead of reflecting as you would expect, the light almost seems to be absorbed. I guess Kenina noticing this, especially with her dark vision, would make a note of, you know, how little light they seem to be, uh, you know, reflecting. Yeah. With dark vision, I mean, you can see them, but the main thing is their armor that you would expect to be reflective almost seems to pull the light in. There's a, It's like a dull... It, it's like looking at something on a matte surface instead of something reflective. So Kenina will go ahead, you know, after perceiving that, be just like... Well, that's some uh, fancy-looking armor you have there. Doesn't seem to reflect much light. Yeah, it's a special to the the Black Guard. It's a special alloy of steel that is made specifically for us up in Sterengeld. Oh wow, it's pretty stealthy-looking. <laughs> yeah, something that's only entrusted to those of us that that reach this title. And uh, with that, the party sets off on their way to. I guess, uh, where they're going to enter the forest at a later date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Though it is very early in the morning, if there were anyone who happened to be awake watching the front gates of the village of Starin, they would see five horses depart with shadows and dim lanterns atop them, making their way towards Port Norsal. And... To be clear, you guys are riding these horses pretty hard. Um, It becomes clear as you guys keep up that you are trying to do in a day what you guys have been doing in a day and a half. The goal is to make your way to the entry point of the forest before nightfall so that you guys can make camp, sleep, and then head in fresh. 
in the following morning. So, yeah, Kanina will be doing her best to keep up with everybody as we go along. Having made such a pace, um, we'll say that you guys are nearing six, seven o'clock at night. And you can tell based on your location to the lake that you are nearing the point where you guys had stashed the cart and horses before. Everyone, roll me perception. Ariel. 19. Kanina. 18. Rem. 8. Tempest. 9. Ariel and Kanina. And you can tell two of the black guard as well. Hear the sound of rapidly snapping twigs, rustling bushes, and branches off to the south in the direction of the knoll camp. And then they hear this strange (laughs) and charging out from the tree line is a creature running at you crazed, flailing arms with a spiked club in its hands, shaking in your direction. What kind of uh, distance are we talking? We're talking a couple hundred feet. Okay. You guys with the perception that you got look off in its direction. It has a little bit of fur and as it's running, you see clumps of fur falling off of it. You guys see the bones of its jaw are bare to you. You guys see its arms have absolutely no skin or muscle on them. And there are patches of skin sloughing off as it is charging at your direction. Kanina will go ahead and like call out the alert to the rest of the group who haven't noticed and just be like, there's something coming this way and, you know, point off. All of the black guard and based on its distance away, all of you are able to dismount. Everyone roll initiative really quickly. Ariel. 10. Kanina. 13. Rem. 11. Tempest. 22. Holy Tempest. (laughs) All right. Tempest, you go first. It is within range. We will just jump straight to that. Within range. Of your bow. Of my bow. Uh, Okay, so I will shoot it with my bow. 15 to hit. A 15 will hit. This knoll is charging out of the woods. You see that it it is clearly coming straight for your group. Uh, Tempest, like, we had just hopped off the horses and she gets in front of the rest of the group and pulls her bow and lets off an arrow and it manages to find a little fleshy patch that is still remaining on the whatever the hell it is and does eight damage. Eight points of damage. All right. One of the dwarves gets to go before it. For flavor reasons, we will just say that it is the one that has been leading that got the highest initiative out of the Dwarven Blackguard, having dismounted from her horse. She runs out, I guess, up to where Tempest was, pretty much since you had also ran out. She is drawing her warhammer 
and you hear her screaming something in Dwarven with the hammer held high above her head. Saying we'll get a natural one on its, on its dexterity saving throw. And coming almost from the heavens, striking down directly on this knoll is a fiery light and it bursts into flames falling in front of you into a pile of ash and bone as the dwarven black guard casts sacred flame what did she say i know dwarven um for those that um they can understand dwarven um she is saying with the holy light of the forge i strike you down and the knoll witherling is burned into a pile of ash and bone in front of you. And that's where we're going to end the episode. Dun, dun, dun. Wow, I'm not getting rest tonight. <laughs> there is. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Adventures in Aurelia. If you are liking what you hear, consider rating the show and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser. If you know someone who likes fantasy stories and think they might like the show, help them find us by showing them adventuresinarelia.com, where they can listen to episodes, read our blog, and find links to subscribe to the show. We are also available in your favorite podcast apps. If you'd like to support the show, you can donate to us monthly on Patreon at patreon.com slash adventuresinarelia. $1 a month gets you access to all of our bonus content and helps us raise the funds needed to improve the show. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can send an email to feedback at adventuresinarelia.com or you can join our Discord server at adventuresinarelia.com slash Discord. We'd love to hear from you. Lastly, we'd like to thank the artists who allow us to use their music in our show. Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, Tabletop Audio, Windswept, Sirenscape, Alexander Nakarada from Serpent Sound Studios, Adrian Von Ziegler, Jamie Brace, Derek and Brandon Feichter, and Scott Buckley. You can find links to all of these wonderful artists at adventuresinarelia.com. Uh, Rim went and talked the bitch to. Came back. Very next day. Did you say the lich? The, the bitch. bitch came oh. back. I thought she was we a goner. We all know who the bitch is. Malin. <laughs> First, I thought she said the lich. I was like, I hope not. He couldn't stay away. No idea what the fuck I sounded like last time because I wasn't supposed to make another appearance. <laughs> but old and gruff, that's what I'm going with. Now he sounds like every dwarf. Older and gruffer. <laughs> Amalo has a much higher canter to his voice. It's a middle Lydia version of Lydia. And Amalo sound very similar. Lydia uses a little bit more of her tongue. <laughs> I bet she does. (laughs) That's what he said. (laughs) You guys may not understand when they first come up who each person is, but I have an idea of who they are once I hear them come up in the recording. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Roll for arousal. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm roll it, damn it. Is that that animal handling? <laughs> That's going in the outtakes at the end of this episode. Uh. <laughs>